Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. joining me today and we were briefly just talking right before we started this recording and I was telling Sheila I've had an opportunity to interview a lot of very connected divinely inspired spiritual leaders and some and I have learned something from all of them and it's been such a joy and a pleasure to get inside of women's brains who are so in tune with their walk with God I love your perspective Sheila because you are so candid about God and the relationship with God and you're coming at it from such a gentle, vulnerable perspective. And I appreciate that. And it makes me feel like I can really relate and believe what you're saying because it feels like it's coming straight from you and your journey. Thank you, Caroline. I appreciate that. A lot of people write from expertise. There's a lot of great books I've written of people who have studied subjects and they just, they're the one to go to. I tend to write, um, from what I'm hungry to understand, from places of brokenness in my own life, so that other women feel less alone. Because sometimes we don't deal very well with the stuff that's not working in our culture. You know, we try to present a face of everything is really great. But I think 2020 kind of blew that myth right out of the water. So it's kind of a time to be vulnerable and real and honest. You have taken the words right out of my mouth. I have always felt. And you are so much more refined and smart and like spiritual and like got your stuff together so much more than me. I, I always call myself a hot mess express, but I feel like I operate, like I have so many other friends who are great podcast hosts and sharing important stories, but they come from more of a place of expertise. And I have never felt like I'm an expert ever. I feel like I gravitate towards people who have beautiful messages, who have 
beautiful stories, but I'm never coming at it from this like perspective of, I have anything figured out. It's always like, I'm broken. I want to talk to you. Let's heal together and share that. And I love how you said that because that is how I relate. And sometimes I feel like, I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm worthy to say anything because I'm like, I'm so confused and broken myself. Like, I, but I always feel like I gravitate towards people who will share that as well, because aren't we all broken? I mean, that's the bottom line. You're absolutely right. I mean, some of us look a lot more put together than others, but the truth is we're all broken. We're all struggling. We're all questioning. Um, we have great days and then we have days where we think, what happened to me? You know, good night. I fell off the earth and nobody noticed. So I just, I, I think that's probably why a lot of people love you and listen to your podcast because you sit beside them. You don't stand above them. Do you feel you've, re- I, sometimes I feel like I don't know what I'm doing though. I feel like I'm just like, I'm, <laughs> like wandering around like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> well, I think other chickens who've lost their heads will probably follow you. <laughs> Oh, you're amazing. I really, really, really like you. I'm so glad I get to talk with you. You're so cool. (laughs) Thank you. I cannot believe you were on The Amazing Race twice. That blew my mind. I know. It was, it actually blew my mind too. It's like, sometimes you just like you're in the middle of things and you don't know what you're, like again, like I said, my whole life, I've tried to just sort of like, once I understood my spiritual connection and I understood God and I understood resistance and like when I feel resistance, it's a no. When I feel open, it's a yes. And so I try to just live by these feelings. And my life has flowed into these really random places. But I feel like that's mm-hmm. God leading me because I'm like, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I think, but honestly, I think that's the key to, to who we are. Show up, you know, show up on your best days, show up on your worst days. You know, we want to present ourselves when we feel like we've really got all our ducks in a row. But when we've lost our ducks, show up anyway. So Sheila, you started at a young age with a lot of trauma, so much so that you felt like you manifested the same trauma into your own existence with an aneurysm. Like, talk to us about that, because how is that to grow up with a dad who you love so much, who's funny, who is all the things that you would hope in a dad, and then he has an aneurysm and he comes back a completely different person who no longer is that loving, fun guy. He's also violent. And you are now living with a totally different father and in a different world. Like explain to us your childhood and what happened. And I think the thing that makes it more difficult too is I was born in a small fishing town on the west coast of Scotland where we, you do not discuss mental illness. That just does not exist. Um, And yeah, when my father had his aneurysm, initially he was just paralyzed on the left side and had lost the ability to talk. But as time went on, he became increasingly agitated and then ultimately he became violent. He tried to kill me when I was five before, and he was taken away that day to our psychiatric hospital. Was that with the cane? um, Yeah, he tried to bring the cane down in my skull. And and he was taken away to our psych hospital where he escaped from and he drowned himself in the river. And the thing is, if that happened nowadays, there's so much more available in terms of how to help children process grief. Back then, my mom took every picture of my father and put it in a suitcase, which she locked, pushed it under her bed, and we never mentioned his name again. What? He was buried. No, we never talked about it. It was as if, it was as if nothing had ever happened. 
And he was buried in an unmarked grave and we left town because to be part of a small church community and then to to commit suicide was considered unforgivable. Did he so commit just, suicide or was it an accident drowning? No, no, he did. He he had escaped a couple of times and tried to come home, which was very traumatic. And the third time that they took him back, they put him in a more secure ward. But but he managed to escape one night. And instead of heading home, he went to the river and, and drowned himself. Sheila. And then you're five and you have this picture of your dad who you had loved so much before. And now you feel like he hates you. Like, does that send you into this insane shame? And that's what you talk about shame a lot. The difference yeah. between guilt and shame. So now you're living with shame because shame is when you feel like you are the problem. Not how do you right. describe the difference between shame and guilt? Yeah. Guilt says you've done something wrong. Shame says you are something wrong. And the thing that made it more difficult for me, Caroline, was that my, my dad, I mean, I'm glad he didn't, but he never touched my brother. He never touched my sister. And until the very last day, he never assaulted my mom. So it made me think there's something really wrong with me and everybody else in the family knows it and nobody wants to say anything. So I grew up, I mean, I think I built this wall around my heart where I was just like, I'm not letting anybody see into who I really am. Because if you do, you're going to see whatever it was my dad saw and I'm, I'm going to be in big trouble. That's how your five-year-old internalized it. It thought because he yeah. tried to assault you and no one else that there was something wrong. Isn't that interesting? Because that's all, of course, that's all you knew how to like comprehend at this time. And then no one in your family mentions a word. So you create this story now that you live with from five years old. And I'm sure it just grows and grows and grows. How long did you live with that story before you, you started I guess is that that led to a lot of like depression and a lot of really serious mental anxieties in your brain. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it lasted until I was in my 30s because what I decided to do when I was 12 years old, um, my mom took me to hear Scotland's only gospel group and they were really awful. But I do remember the guy at the end saying, God has no grandchildren, he just has sons and daughters. And so he invited anyone who wanted to have a personal relationship with Jesus. To, to pray. And I didn't that night. I went home and I then I asked my mom if she would pray with me. And my mom said something that would be good news for most people. She said, Sheila, not only is Jesus your Savior and your Lord, you have a heavenly Father watching over you. And I remember at 12 thinking, I've got one more chance to get it right. Whatever my dad saw in me that made him hate me, I'm never going to let my heavenly Father see that. I'm going to be the perfect Christian if it kills me. And it nearly did. I just try. I mean, I went to seminary in, in London to train to be a missionary in India because I couldn't think of anything I would hate more. But I thought that would impress God. I thought he would think, well, look at you. You know, you're just sacrificing all the time. So I will keep loving you. Wow. And that worked un until it didn't. When did it not work? Well, I, I came to the States as a contemporary Christian artist. And then I was working with Billy Graham in his crusades. And then I, I was offered the job as co-host at the 700 Club with Pat Robertson. And one day um, on live television, because here's the thing, I'm 30-something, and but inside I'm still five years old. You know, I won't let mm -hmm. anybody get close to me. And my guest one morning, instead of answering my question, she turned the tables on me and she said, Sheila, how are you doing? And there was such kindness in her eyes, and I wasn't expecting it. And I started to cry, and I couldn't stop on live television. 
And eventually I took my microphone off and I left the set and went to my dressing room. And as far as I was concerned, my life was over. I remember did, I called a friend of mine. It was over because finally the dam had broken of all of the pain you'd been holding in since five years old. Was this just a deep cry of years built up? Yeah, I hadn't cried in years because honestly, I think I thought if I start, I'll never stop. And I, I was right. And if you based your relationship with God on you being perfect and suddenly you just kind of crumble, then the deal's off. And now, so I lost, a friend, and so now you've lost your, your, your earthly father and now you feel like you've lost your heavenly father, even at 30 absolutely. years old? Absolutely. And here you I mean, are, I, you've made it to national TV preaching God's word and still you had a, like that fear. So, and now it's all over. So now you failed again in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, I have a friend called Dr. Henry Cloud and I called him and I said, Henry, I think I'm losing my mind. And he said, you're not, but you need some help and you need it quickly. And by that evening, I was in a psychiatric hospital, exactly the same age as my father was. What? And yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, when I was really little, I used to say, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like my dad. And here I was. Well, you got what you prayed for. Here you are exactly where your dad was. And I actually prayed that night. God, if you even have one ounce of mercy left in your heart for me, please take me home because I can't do this. This is just too hard. Were you married with your son at this point? No, no, I didn't meet my husband till I was 38. So did you get a chance? When did you get, when did you let yourself grieve the loss of your loving father that you had until you were five or when he had his aneurysm? Did you ever let yourself grieve that? Because I'm sure you never even got to celebrate the love you had for your father for those yeah. few years. And then you just lived with, and I, something you said too, like you said, you always had a dread in your heart. Like when the phone would ring, there would be a dread, mm -hmm. like, because you felt like you were ashamed. So if anything happened, it was because someone was calling to expose your shame or something. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Most teenagers, when the phone rings, they're like, Oh, hope it's for me. Um, well, that was back when we used phones instead of mobile phones, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I always, the minute the phone rang, I was like, there's something wrong. And it's something I did, even though if you'd asked me, well, what did you do? And I would have said, well, nothing, but it was just this dread and the pit of my stomach. But the interesting thing is, I mean, when you're in a psych hospital, you can't leave at least for the first 72 hours, you cannot leave even if you want to. But I believe that God took me to prison to set me free because it was there in the psych hospital. I found what I'd been looking for all my life. What? Um, a relationship. A relationship with God based on nothing that I brought to the table. I remember on that first night, just lying on the floor of my room and I would be hospitalized for a month and just, you know, I had no big prayers left. I was used to praying big, great big prayers of faith. And the only two words I could squeeze out were help me. And I have never felt the presence of God more than I did in that hospital room that first night with nothing good left to say. And the only thing they don't take away, like they take away your hair dryer, your makeup, anything you could hurt yourself with, but they left me with my Bible. And I opened my Bible at Psalm 34. And this is a time when David is in big trouble. You know, Saul's trying to kill him. Um, he's on the run. He's actually pretended to be insane in another city. And they're like, listen, we have enough of our own nutcases leave. And he wrote Psalm 34. And it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed. And that's how, and I felt that. I felt, it was like this huge breakthrough. I mean, I've never heard the audible voice of God, 
but I felt my whole room was full of the presence of God saying, I'm here and I love you. The it was Lord amazing. Is close to the brokenhearted. I love yeah. that. And we yeah. don't you feel like as human beings and, and obviously you like you didn't even know you were intentionally trying. I mean, maybe you did trying to be the perfect Christian to get God to love you, to have this approval. It was just you were doing what your instincts told you to do without really even thinking it through. And I feel like that's how so many of us operate. We have a trauma or we have a situation or there's something going on in our childhood or upbringing that we just try to overcompensate for so much. And then you create these habits and then you don't even know what you're doing it for, or why you're doing it until you finally have the break, the break, yeah. the broken yeah. heart moment. Yeah, I think that's so true. And for me, it was like some of the questions I was asked when I was in the psych hospital, you, they were so good. It was like, um, okay, how would you feel, Sheila, if instead of having our group session today in the hospital, what we're going to do is show a movie of your life, everything, wow. everything you've ever said, everything you've ever thought, you know, the kind of secret things that you just hold to yourself. And if everybody got to watch the movie, how would you feel? And I was like, terrible and but then the guy said but my therapist said here's the deal god has seen your movie and he loves you it was just this understanding of all the stupid things we have we think we have to do to make god love us we do this right we do that right and none of it matters because it's just who he is anyway he decided to love us a long long time ago and there's nothing we can do to stop it Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You did that too at a seminar for women. You had, I love that you like prayed over every chair and then in every chair you put a note 
and they didn't write their name, but they wrote down the shame, the secret, the darkness that they are carrying carrying with them. Um, and, all, and these were like women who've been very faithful for a long time. Yeah. And the notes that you got, like some of the responses were like, I've been carrying shame for the abortion I had. I've been carrying shame yeah. for the affair I had. I've been carrying right. shame that didn't tell my son I loved him and he died. And it's like, and these are women who you look to as having it all together, having this perfect yeah. faith. But yet they're carrying this, this shame that is just burning a hole in their heart alone. And they're not telling anyone. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. If you accept the very most basic fact about Christianity, that, that Christ came to this earth because he knew we were so messed up, we'd never make it home by ourselves. It's like we're struggling, we're stumbling all over, falling over furniture. So he came and he made it possible for us to have a way back to God. You know, he took everything on himself that we've ever done and said, okay, um, bill paid in full, you know, get out of jail free card. But then we live still as if it's up to us to get it right and be and be good Christians. There's no such thing as a good Christian. They're just somebody who understands they're totally loved by God. And because of that, they, they see everything. They see life differently. They see other people differently. They don't judge other people who are struggling because they get it. That's the whole point. We're all struggling, but we're all loved. That's why I really like the way you preach because I don't feel like you're judging. And I feel like not everyone is on the same page. Like, you know, some people like here, you were on the 700 club preaching on live TV, like having it all together, it seemed. And then you had this massive breakdown that led you to going to get in, get into a psych ward, the same one as your dad and like have clinical depression. And, but yet someone would have said, Oh, well, she's already on her way to heaven, got it all worked out. But the thing is, everybody has, all these different landmines that are going to pop up in their life. And no matter how much you think you have it together, you can still have one happen to you because there's so much stored trauma in our body. So I love yeah. that we're just doing the very best we can and developing the best relationship we can with God as in our own hearts as we go, because we all have such a different set of circumstances that we're dealing with here, you know? Yeah. And it's not a quick fix. It'll go on for the rest of my life. Like two weeks ago, we have a 24-year-old son who's just amazing, and he's studying clinical psychology in grad school. And we were doing like a Zoom call with him, and he had on, he's just dyed his hair pink, which is adorable. And he had on a ball cap. And his dad said to him, Christian, I don't think you should wear a ball cap when you're on these conversations, when you're doing your Zoom calls with your class, you know, and you want to be more professional. And Christian's like, Dad, it's not really like that anymore. We're all just doing our best, and we're showing up. And, but this conversation went on between the two of them, and then it triggered something in me. And I just snapped and I said to my husband, why are you always like that? Why are you so critical? Why get? And so my son said, hey, I've got a paper to finish. Love you. Bye. <laughs> and my husband said, do you want to talk about that? And I'm like, no. And he went upstairs and I, I fell to my knees and I'm like, what the heck was that about, Lord? And suddenly I remember I'm 16 years old. I have the lead role as Maria in West Side Story. And I'm, the whole high school has been invited to the dress rehearsal. And I'm singing the song, I Feel Pretty, Oh So Pretty. And one of the senior boys calls up in the back, well, you don't look it. And the whole school erupted in laughter. And I stood there frozen because it was like he had just made a public announcement of what I believed inside about myself. And, and it triggered that. And so I had, to, I had to talk to my husband and son and say, that was all about me. That was nothing to do with you. And 
the thing that I love now is if I'd done that before, I would think, oh, I blew it. I'll never change. Yada, yada, yada. Now I don't. Now I just like, God, you know, I'm, I blew it again. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that the, I can be forgiven. I, I don't carry that junk with me. I don't let it bring all the, all the old lies back onto the table because I get it. It's not like, I mean, now I work on live today television and I love it. I, I get to do amazing things. I get to go to, to Thailand and we help rescue girls from sex trafficking. I do all sorts of stuff I love, but I'm still me. I'm still Sheila Walsh that will still fall down. And every time I fall down there, he will be to pick me back up again. How do you carry all the burdens of the world like that? I have a great friend in Nashville. Her name's Becca Stevens. She runs a church, an Episcopalian church, St. Augustine. And she also has Thistle Farms, which helps sex trafficking. Oh, I love Thistle Farms. Okay, I need to introduce you to Becca because y'all would totally hit it off. She started Thistle Farms. She's also a preacher. She goes around, she speaks. She, um, she shared all this on my podcast. She had sexual abuse when she was younger and she just uses her wow. trauma to help heal others. And she has done incredible things. She does a lot of that too. And I've talked to her about this, like going into the depths of the pain of the world, going to get the women who have been sexually trafficked and abused. Mm. How do you, especially being a mother, how do you carry that weight of the deep brokenness of the world that uh, like others have put on, like someone has put on someone else. So like the Mm. sexual abuse, the sexual trauma, the incredible mm-hmm. brokenness and abandonedness and thrown awayness that some of these women have experienced. How yeah. do you handle all that? Because I know it's like, yes, God, you're here and all this stuff. But sometimes I'm like, yeah. God, what in the actual F is going on here? You know? Like, I do know. I know. I'll tell you about something that happened to me while I was in, I was in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And Cambodia to me is almost worse than Thailand. Um, because the girls are so young, they're 12, 13, 14. And I'd spent the whole day with, um, with some girls and just their stories just tore me apart. And I went back to the hotel where we were staying and, and I lay on the carpet and I was literally sobbing. And I felt God say to me, get off the carpet, wash your face and do something. Because it's like you either allow it to overwhelm you or you think, I can't do this. Or you think, okay. I've seen this now, so I'm now accountable for this, and I'm going to do everything I can. I can't save everybody. I'm going to do everything I can to make a difference. And so, you know, I come home and I talk about it on television and I share their stories. And, and our people on Life Today are amazing. They respond. We've built this place in the mountains in Thailand called Destiny House. And it's awesome. It's a place where these girls can come and they can heal and they can learn a new trade. They can learn that they're because my first time in Bank and Thailand in the worst area where I walked through these gates like you're walking into a palace, but it's hell. And these girls are naked on tables with tattooed numbers on their thighs. And we get to take them to a place where it's like, you're not a number, you're a name and God loves you and you have a future. That's for me how I'm able to do this because I think, you know, if you allow yourself to be overwhelmed, it will shut you down. But if you get up and you decide, you know, I'm your big sister and we're going to do everything we can to get you out of there. And then do you just have to just pray to God to lead you to where you are, where you are meant to help? And then where you are not led to help, do you just pray for those who are not so fortunate? Well, the thing is that's really increased now, which is great, is that like if we go into when we were in Bangkok, Thailand, like A21 with 
Christine Kane, they are there. There's lots of different groups now. So um, we work with one particular group and just say, listen, we're here, use us, you know, we'll do whatever. So sometimes we get to do things like we'll go up to the border between um, Cambodia and Vietnam and literally kick down doors at midnight and physically rescue girls and have the traffickers arrested. And, and sometimes I'll just go spend three days at Destiny House just with these girls, just praying with them and laughing with them and playing soccer with them. And yeah, it's just, there's something about thinking, okay, God, you've given me a, a, a lane to run in and I will run as fast as I can in this lane. And I'm not going to look at what's happening over there because she's doing something amazing but maybe that's not what I'm called to do. And somebody over here is doing something phenomenal and that's great. I'm just going to keep running in my lane. I love that. And I feel like you kind of have to put blinders on in this world because there's so much to just like weigh you down and there's so much to get distracted by. And there's just so much coming at us all the time. That's why I feel like more than ever. And I love that you preach this, like developing your own personal relationship with God and your own guidance system with God that you can feel, then you know where you're supposed to go. And I try to tell myself that because I get so distracted in life sometimes, but I try to just like shut my eyes and I just try to say like, God, guide me, just like guide me. Let me like slow down enough so I can feel where I'm supposed to go. Yeah, I think that's, that's fantastic. Every morning, I mean, it, it sounds kind of strange to some people, but honestly, through the whole COVID thing, because I find myself beginning to spiral a bit again, what I've was it all about my, COVID that's made you want to spiral again? I think because I'm all, I mean, usually I'm out on weekends speaking at conferences and things and all my events, like everybody else's, you know, were canceled and we were just within the four walls of our home. And at first I thought, this is great. No makeup. I stayed in my pajamas. I binged watched the great British baking show. It was like, all of this is marvelous. <laughs> but then I found myself just waking up every morning feeling like real despair. I would watch the local news and I would see like a woman who's, you know, 65 in hospital and she's dying and her husband's not allowed to go in and say goodbye to her. And it was just the weight of the world and the weight of everything, wondering if we'd ever get back to normal. And my son got COVID and we couldn't be with him. And it was just like, God, this is not working. Nothing's working anymore. So I found myself asking, because I, I believe that you can ask God about anything. So I was like, okay, Here's the deal. I'm clueless here. I don't know how to live in this space. And one of my friends was Billy Graham's wife. She was like a mentor to me, Ruth Graham. And sometimes when he would be off preaching crusades, I would go and stay at the house. She would just pour wisdom into me. And she said, if you're struggling with anything, go as far back as you can in literature. Don't just study what's on the top hundred books at the moment. Go as far back as you can. So I found this thing by a guy called Athanasius. And he wrote it in the fourth century, so like 360 something. And he said, whereas most of scripture, most of the Bible speaks to us, the Psalms speak for us. They give us a language, a language of lament, a language of joy, a language of anger, of pain. So what I started to do then, and I still do, I did it this morning. I'll go out and I read three Psalms out loud every single morning because it's good for my ears to hear what my eyes are reading. And the Psalms do not pretend that life is just peachy. I mean, sometimes David's in absolute despair and asking like, where are you, God? So I find that when you're praying the Psalms, you're not just praying something you thought about. You're praying the living word of God. And there's power in that. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So I don't know if you talk about this or feel comfortable talking about this, but I'm going to ask you, and if you don't want to like answer it, you don't have to. No, I'm sure I will. Do you feel like there is a spiritual, a more spiritual explanation for COVID in this world? Like, do you feel like something happened spiritually? Cause you said like, why is this happening? It's not working. I think so many of us felt that way. Is there some, if everything has a reason, is there some sort of higher power for this or is it just all of our karma finally happening and a collective karma and like we're getting, I mean, what do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, it's a great question, Caroline. I'm sure many people are, are wondering that. The only thing I do know is that before Jesus left the earth and he said, it's a really good thing for every one of you that I'm leaving because I can only be in one place at one time. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so you're never going to be alone ever again. He talked to them about things that will happen before he returns, before the, the, you know, before the second coming, that there will be wars and rumors of wars and plagues and pestilence. So I don't think some people have, I mean, I've heard some people preach on this saying that this is God's judgment on the earth. I don't see that. I don't see that God is like that. I don't think that God would inflict something that would take children away from their parents or, but I do think that the, it's like the whole earth is kind of groaning, you know, like there's just, I mean, we see it with you know, what's happening in the weather. We see it everywhere. It's like the earth is groaning. Yes. And that's why, um, that's why my thing is, I just want to tell as many people as I can, listen, I don't know how you've screwed up. I don't know how screwed up you are at the moment. There's only one thing I want you to grasp at the moment, as you are, if you never change, God loves you and there's a place that you can find peace. So talk to me about your newest book because you have written a lot of books and you've sold like close to 6 million or over 6 million books. I mean, you're crazy. I mean, have you written 30 books? Is that right? Something like that? 
yeah, it's something like that. And and a couple of them are children's books too. So it wasn't all like, you know, but um, yeah, this one, the funny thing was, Caroline, I'd actually started to write a different book before COVID hit. I was three chapters into a book on miracles because I thought, I've heard all sorts of stuff about miracles. Personally, I've never seen one, like what you would call a miracle. So I wanted to know, what does the Bible actually say? So three chapters in COVID hits, and I find myself just in despair. So I read everything I've written so far, and I thought, well, that didn't help me one little bit. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if it didn't help me, there's a really good chance it's not going to help anybody else. So I did what every author hits. I hit the delete button, and I just let it all go. And I started writing holding on when you want to let go because it was just, I was journeying myself through. And what I discovered, I think this is really fascinating. So many of us feel there's missing pieces to our story that, you know, we don't quite understand why that happened or, and the biggest missing piece for me has always been about my dad. But um, I'm, so I'm almost at the end of writing the book and my sister's staying with me. And, you know, as I said, we'd never talk about what happened in the past and she doesn't like to ever talk about it. It's painful for her. She knows that I've dealt with it, but she, it's painful for her. But one night, it's just the two of us. And she looks at me and she says, Sheila, is there anything I could ever do for you? And it wasn't like a normal kind of question. So I hesitated for a moment. And then I said, Francis, could you help me find where our dad is buried? And she said, Sheila, I know where he's buried. I have the papers. And so... That was just like, you're kidding me. So my brother and my sister and I have been able to raise this stone. Just, I mean, I know my dad's safely home with Jesus, but just simply saying that here he was. He was a beloved husband. He was a beloved father of Francis, Sheila, and Stephen. And he lived and he mattered. And what I think is God is holding all the missing pieces of our stories. And he's always going to write that last chapter. Were you able to share with your brother and sister that lie that you carried all those years about him wanting to strike you and not them and like have healing around that? Yeah, I haven't been able to talk to my brother yet. He lives in London and it's just not something I want to do on the phone. But um, but yeah, my sister said, she said, Sheila, I thought it was all my fault that I didn't intervene. And it's so interesting. We all carry these different things that are like deep, like they're scrolled into our soul, like, you know, foundation stones in the cellar of our soul. And we'd never share them because it's too hard. But the fact that I felt that they were angry with me, but she felt that it was her fault. I mean, that was just very healing for the two of us. And that's why you're such an advocate for sharing your story and sharing your pain. Because if you and your sister could have shared that when you were younger, then you wouldn't have had to carry that lie for 30, yeah. 21 years or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think of how often that happens in our families. And I think because sometimes we think, oh, I can't talk about it. It's too hard. What people imagine in their minds is way worse than right. the actual truth. That is you know? the truth. Because kids just make up. I mean, it's like kids are the best recorders of information, but they're the poorest interpreters of that information. You know, what the conclusions they come to in their mind are, are far worse. So you have a lot of tips too, after everything you've been through, like you have techniques for when people are in the throes of depression, you have keys to hold on to when you're struggling and you feel like you can't hold on. What, what worked for you when you, even the title of your book, holding on, like when you want to let go, you know, but you, you hold on. So like, that's so important to you that it's like the whole theme of your book. What are keys 
Well, honestly, my first one for me is make peace with your story. Mm. So often we want somebody else's story. It's like, I don't want this to be my story. Make peace with your story. I mean, God has promised, you know, if you read in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, God has promised that out of every single thing in your life, He will bring good. Doesn't mean that everything is good or everything feels good. That's clearly not true. But God has promised He'll bring good even from the things that seem the most painful. So for me, it was honestly making peace with my story, accepting the fact that this is who I am. I struggle with clinical depression. I still take medication to this day. Now, could God heal me? Absolutely. But until He does, I will still take medication. But another big thing for me is like re-wallpaper your mind. If you think of all the lies that we believe, I remember when my mom tried to re-wallpaper our kitchen when I was young. And the hardest part was getting the old stuff off. Getting old wallpaper off a wall is horrible. Steam it takes forever. It's a long job. I think the same with our own lives. We have to get all that crap off our minds. You know, all the old fun, like I'll never belong. I'll never be good enough. I'll I'll never be a good wife. I'll never be this. All that stuff. We have to scrape that stuff off, but then replace it with truth. I am loved. I am seen. I am known. So many of those things, they seem like kind of no-brainers, but it takes some kind of commitment to do that. So that every time those lies kind of creep up on us again, you know, we just need to stop and literally like, nope, I'm sorry, you're out of here. How do you deal with the deep longing of what you lost in grief? Because I feel like grief is another one that is really hard mm-hmm. to work through. And I um, interviewed someone else recently who's really a mental health advocate and all, has done a lot of work on herself to, to find mental health. Sometimes I understand why people don't want to get re-wallpaper their minds. Because like you said, yeah. it's like a grueling, exhausting painful you've got to revisit trauma and then you have to like rewire your whole brain to operate a different way when you've been operating for years in like survival mode you know no then that's valid it does take a lot of work and i don't think god makes any of us do it i mean like for example my sister she said to me one night sheila i'm i'm proud of you i'm of the work that you've done i don't want to do it you know, and she said, I'm happy. I'm married with two sons. And I'm like, you know what, Francis? I think that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're allowed to, 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 to make a choice. For me, it was like when the pain of remaining the same yeah, for yeah, me became yeah. greater than the pain of change, then I was ready to change. And I knew it would be hard work. And it is hard, it continues to be hard work sometimes because I realized that, you know, it's like life is like a circle and you keep coming back to the same place with a little bit more understanding every time. And it's just, if you want to take that journey, I think that you just need to know you're not taking that journey alone. That, that Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be right by your side. And I guess it is sort of a spiritual, it's like a spiritual phone call when you get that moment where the, the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of changing. Because that's like God finally telling you, okay, it's time. We, have, we are now at the moment. Because you can't, because yeah. if you ignore it at that point, then you start, it comes out sideways. Yeah, you're right. And it's like when I, I discovered in my own life, when my reaction to something was out of proportion to what was actually mm. happening, there was history attached. Right, right, and right. And it was right, just right. like f- making the space to deal with the history, like actually asking myself the question, okay, what was that about? And what did that make you feel? And it's it's an ongoing process. But I, 
I, I want to be, I don't feel afraid of it anymore. It used to be like, I remember when my husband and I were first married and he got angry about something like not crazy mad, just upset about something. I felt like I was five and like I was hiding in the bathroom and he was like, babe, what, what went on there? And at first I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure, but I didn't feel safe. Mm. And now when those things happen, I sit with it, you know, I just let myself sit with it and feel it and then think, you know, but, but things are different now. You know, this is not the same. This is, and this is a new day and I get to react in a new way. How do you silence the lies in your head when they come? It's, that is absolute hard work. It's like living every day intentionally because I still get days when like I grew up with really bad skin. I had, you know, acne when I was in high school, it was horrible. And I just, it made me feel so bad about myself. Like if I went to a restaurant, I would never sit near a window. I would always sit in the darker corner. Oh, wow. um, oh yeah. yeah, it was awful. I mean, it was like a huge thing. And, and the other day I was on some show or something and one of my friends was sitting there. She said, Sheila, look how lovely your skin looks. And something in me immediately went to say, don't say that. And I thought, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, Sheila, I wanted to tell you, you have the most beautiful skin. It's like glowing and radiating. But isn't that weird? Just the, all the old stuff that's like, so it's learning to live in, an, in a new way. Being like, you know what? This is, this is cool. All the old stuff. But here's the deal. I would not change one minute of my story. And I know that probably sounds strange to some people, but all of it has brought me to the place where I am today where I don't know if you've ever heard of Rick Warren. He's a pastor in California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he wrote, you know, Purpose Driven Life. Yes. Well, yes. They, they lost their son, Matthew, to suicide after years of working with him. And he was a darling boy. I loved Matthew. But then they decided out of that grief to hold this, the church and mental health symposium. And they invited me to come and speak. And I was so glad I was on the first night because after me, it was the Surgeon General and then the head of the American Association of Psychiatrists, like all the brains. But I said something that night that I couldn't have said years ago. I said, I am profoundly grateful for the gift of mental illness because it means I can look into the eyes of somebody else who's struggling and say, me too, me too, you are not alone. God doesn't waste a moment of our stories. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. 
So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And I don't want to like sidetrack too much, but you're someone that I just really admire your wisdom. Then why do things happen like suicide? And why does it get to that point? Like, you know, it's like, that's the part that I'm like, ugh, I don't understand. It's so frustrating. It's such a hard world to live in. It's terrible. And I mean, the suicide rates among teenagers since COVID hit has grown by like 27% or something. That might not be quite accurate, but but has grown. And honestly, when a teenager ends their life, they actually don't want to die. They just want out of the pain. They just want the pain to stop. And speaking as somebody who has dealt with suicidal thoughts, when you are really in that dark, dark place, you can almost convince yourself this is the best thing for everyone. It would Mm. be better for everyone Mm. if I'm no longer here. And it's why I'm really an advocate for, for medication when it's, when it's needed. I'm not, you know, a poster child for pills, but when somebody is struggling with serious mental health issues, they need to be able to take medication to function normally. And when people in the church say, you shouldn't take medication, you know, where's your faith? I want to smack them because you don't walk up to somebody who's wearing glasses and say, where's your faith? You know, we all have things that we need to compensate for in life. And so if somebody needs help like that, I say, get help, see a counselor, take your medication, do what you need to do to be able to to live well. I appreciate you saying that, Sheila. Thank you so much for saying that because I think that is such truth. And I don't think there is anything to be ashamed of for trying to help yourself. No, because it's not your spirituality. It's your brain chemistry. Some of us just don't produce enough serotonin or dopamine in our brains. And I remember when the psychiatrist wanted to put me on medication in the hospital, I was like, no, thank you. I don't want any of your happy pills. And he said, no, those are street drugs. We don't sell those. Um, And explained that all that does is it brings your levels in, in your brain to a place where you can function well. Well, I mean, I just got on a small dose of Lexapro this year, and I have been absolutely anti-antidepressants my whole life, all this stuff, like figure this out, go work out, like read books, do all these things. But I always was just naturally sad. Like I'm always sad. Mm -hmm. And I just feel the weight of the world so much, and I can't enjoy my life. And I get so wrapped up. Like you had that vision when I think you said you're in Thailand to get up and do something. I just was overwhelmed with sadness. And I was like... I hate this. Like I'm not living mm-hmm. a productive life. I'm not adding any value to anyone with all these sad, overwhelming thoughts and, or myself. And yeah. once I started taking 10 milligrams of Lexapro every day, I literally feel like I can be a productive, like follow my intuition, follow what I'm yeah. not get so wrapped up in just overwhelming sadness all the time. Good for you. Good for you. And I I say to people all the time, don't let anybody shame you for something like that. 
it's not, I mean, it's nothing to do with anything other than, you know, some people take medication for their heart or they take insulin for diabetes. They, I mean, there's all sorts of, and God has provided that. I when, I when I take my little pill every morning, I see that as part of God's healing, that he's given someone the ability to create something that makes a difference. And anyone can abuse anything just like anything. Sure. You're in the faith world. Like I have loved talking to you, but like this whole, uh, I live in, in Tennessee and like this whole thing came out on HBO, the way down, you know, like in like all the, you know, I grew up in Waco, Texas with David Crush and the Branch Davidians. It's like anything can get taken. Whoa. I'm surrounded yeah. by cults. Anything can get taken <laughs> too far, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. But I think that's why, that's why we have good friends. We have like, I have a couple of girls, I call them my safe sisters. We know where every, all the bodies are buried, you know, and we can just check things with each other. You know, we're called as Christians, you're not called to abandon your brain, you know, but, but, but there's all sorts of, yeah, all that weird wacky stuff is, it's, it's scary. And I think that's why we need a few good people in our lives that we know we can trust. I love that. I love that so much. And I'll, I'll start wrapping up, Sheila, because I know you probably have other things to do, but I love talking to you. What did you learn when you were in the hospital? What was that revelation that happened to you? I remember the first morning when um, my psychiatrist said to me, who are you? And I was mm. like, well, that's a dumb question. It's written on your notes. But I said, um, Sheila Walsh. And he said, no, no, Sheila, I didn't ask for your name. Who are you? Interesting. Oh, I'm the co-host of the 700 Club. And he said, no, oh, I didn't oh, ask yep. for your job. I asked, who are you? And I said, I have no clue. And he said, I know that. And that's why you're here. And it was just during that month of peeling back layers until the final day when I was given my car keys back and I'm walking across the parking lot. And he calls out of his office window and he said, Sheila, who are you? And I said, I am Sheila, daughter of the king. Because I knew my, my absolute identity is I'm God's daughter. Whether I work in Walmart or ever get back on a platform again, whether uh, my husband dies or whether it, no, whatever happens in my life, my absolute core identity is I'm God's daughter and I'm loved. So how has that changed the way you share God's word with others? Well, I think it's more like there's something about particularly, and I don't mean like in country music, which I adore, but in in, in Christian circles where there's this platform and this person up on the platform with the microphone and you're looking down and you're kind of telling people how they should live. I, I kind of try to demythicize the platform. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm, I want to come down and I'm walking beside you. You know, here's what I'm, here's what I'm learning. And, and what are you learning? And that's why I missed um, all the events in 2020 because Sundays I, I learn as much from other women who've come, who've walked through things I've never walked through and they'll share their stories with me that I think whenever that the center person becomes the big name on the platform, we've lost our vision. You know, in Christian circles, the only person who should be center stage is Jesus, who says, come on and follow me and I'll show you how to live. And it's just so interesting. This is why I'm loving your perspective and the way that you share, because every different people who do land on those big platforms, they, there's a lot of different methods to share God. There's a lot of different ways to get his word across. And there's a lot of different you can back it up with the Bible, it seems, any way you want, you know? So it's like, it's true. 
Yeah. So I, I appreciate your perspective because sometimes I've been turned off by people on platforms, you know, because it doesn't resonate with me. I hear someone say something and I'm like, well, that doesn't feel right to me, you know? Yeah, I know. And it's interesting because when Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, he said this because he really loved this church. You can tell by the letter. It's just like, I love you guys. Um, What he said was, we decided among you, not just to share the gospel, but our very lives. And I think when somebody opens up their life, and shares from their life, and then how God has helped them in their life, that to me has a real credibility, as opposed to just telling people, this is how you should live. I want to know, where did you struggle? What was hard for you? And when you share that, I think it builds a bridge to other people. I discovered after the hospital that my brokenness is a far greater bridge to other people than pretend wholeness ever was. Amen to that. What do you hope people get from your book, Holding On When You Want to Let Go? Honestly, I would want them to just breathe a sigh of relief that you don't have to try so hard and that whatever you're dealing with, that you're not dealing with alone, God is there. And on the days where you feel as if, you know what, I'm going to let go, I can't hold on, that you are being held by the God who will never, ever, ever let you go. I love it, Sheila. You're amazing. So much. So You are adorable. (laughs) You're so nice. You're so sweet. You have such an incredible energy. Where can everyone find you? Because you're all over the place. You're doing TV. You're writing books. You're speaking publicly. I mean, you are like all over the place and I love it. So where can people find you? Um, You could go to my website, SheilaWalsh.com or Facebook. I'm Sheila Walsh Connects or on Instagram, which I love. Just Sheila Walsh one because Sheila, somebody else got Sheila Walsh nothing. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) <laughs> very <laughs> um and then everyone check out the, check out your newest book holding on when you want to let when, holding on when you want to let go um i always wrap up with leave your light and it's just super open-ended whatever comes to your mind what do you want people to know i would love them to take a moment in every day and look up to the sky and maybe even raise their arms not in worship just in this way of saying, here I am. I need your help. Thank you that you love me. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me, Sheila. You are truly amazing. I have loved every second of this so much. I love, I just have loved being with you. I'm signing up for your podcast. I think you're adorable. <laughs> hey, back at you. I'm going to like subscribe to everything you are. I was watching your, your, you preach and stuff. I was like, yes, yes, I am feeling this. Like this is like connecting with my soul. <laughs> Love the perspective you come from. Like, I love it. Okay, I'm going to end our recording. Hold on. Thank you. Okay, bye. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.